welcome back. Welcome to Galley Proof. <laughs> yep. I can't. I can't. Okay. I'm Grace. Yeah, I'm Allie. <laughs> and, you know, we talk about books here. Um, sometimes more enthusiastically <laughs> than other times. Uh, we're both going through it at the minute. And we're also both a bit tired. And we're not in our usual usual recording atmosphere. So if you hear any background noise, um, more than the usual background noise, because goodness gracious is our setup not professional. <laughs> um, yeah. Then, well, then that's that's why, folks. What are we talking about <laughs> this this episode? We're talking about Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. What are your general thoughts? My general thoughts are that I did really enjoy it. I liked it. I liked it enough to buy the sequel. I bought. I've got this. I haven't started reading it yet, but I've got the second one. How about you? I I wished I liked it more than I did. Um, I do have that feeling a little bit. Like I did really enjoy it, but I didn't love it as much as I've loved a lot of other stuff. But I did like it. This is definitely gonna be my most negative take yet. Really. <laughs> And normally I'm pretty comfortable hating things. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Okay, okay. I, I need to start this off with a huge, like, first of all, I want to talk about the things I like first. Mm. I always think it's important to acknowledge when you're reading YA in general that you're not the targeted demographic the same way that like when you watch children's animations, you have to be like, okay, well, I am not a child and that is going to affect my viewing experience. Based off of that, we may have the same issues with this book. <laughs> but we'll see. So with that being said, like not only am I not the intended audience um, in terms of, in terms of, you know, the genre and the, the market, like the way it was marketed is YA. Um, as we know. <laughs> um, mm. But we all know that, like, for everybody, um, and especially anybody who is, you know, is underrepresented in, in, in literature and, you know, books in general and TV and everywhere, um, that, like, sometimes you you watch or you read something and it's, it represents you in some way that um, you haven't been represented before. And because of that, it means a greater deal to you and you gloss over, I think a lot more of its, you know, the things that can be critiqued about it, because for you, it was like, well, the meaningfulness of this being representation is outweighs the problem, mm. like the problems within within the medium or like the small things that were like cliche or or whatever because it was just like very important for you to finally see yourself depicted in you know in books and especially in YA fantasy like you never you really don't get especially black cultural heritage being sort of the the basis of a high fantasy environment and um and you and you don't get black writers um sort of as celebrated maybe published yeah being published Mm. um as much as white writers and especially in in sci-fi and fantasy um 
and and I and so I think I'm not going to I think it's important to say and not detract from the fact that like I really I think it's a great it, it makes me happy to know that like we're finally getting widely talked about high fantasy YA high fantasy about the black experience and based from a black writer and um and about specifically black cultural heritage african cultural heritage but yeah so i i want to say that first and and i'm not going to say that i i disliked it like i didn't hate it it was just i read it and i felt like my feelings about it were like it was very okay and i found myself like as i was getting to certain parts reading certain things I, I was, it was, it did grate on me a little bit and I did like have periods where I, I rolled my eyes a little bit. Um, mm. Yeah. Same. Yeah, but I just like, it's not fun. It's not, it's not fun to not love things, um, especially when it's, it could possibly be a book that was like so important for someone because they've never seen any aspect of themselves in their mm. favorite genre. So I I don't want to take that lightly. I mean, yeah, like for that reason specifically, but then also yeah. I think in general with books, with every book we review, it's going to have been like it's going to have impacted someone or be important to someone. So we're always going to be like possibly disliking something someone else really loves, which is the I guess you know comes with the whole part of doing this. But um, but I, I agree with like generally what you're saying. I think it is really good for all of those reasons I also did enjoy it like I like I said before I bought the sequel because I I like the ideas behind the story and I want to know what happens next I'm intrigued to see where she's gonna she's gonna take it and everything but Mm. one of my biggest issues was that it like you said it's it's not you know where it is YA and we're a bit past that a little bit like we can still enjoy it there's still YA we love but like this is a particular one that felt like it spoon fed you a little bit um in with some of the information and also I'm very dialogue is a big deal to me like I really like people saying great things and like memorable speeches and like lines that just hit you you know what I mean of people saying to somebody else and like how that shows their interaction with other people and there's a lot of dialogue in this that feels unnatural or a bit stale I guess like not as normal like it doesn't sound like someone would actually say it um but I think that's just yeah I don't know I think it's I think it was it's a great idea and I think the story is interesting and the world she's created is definitely interesting I just think that the writing style was not as good as I wanted it to be yeah I think I think my biggest thing the biggest thing that pulled me out of the story um and my biggest like qualm throughout reading was I think the there was a lot of like literary cliches used mm. um, and specifically ones that we find ourselves as people who we read a lot of YA like kind of trolling a little bit like when you when you talk to other book people you know you had like within like the first few chapters the and she released a breath that she didn't know what she was mm. holding <laughs> and um and then you have sort of more more stuff like that throughout the book so so with the like actual verbiage 
and the writing style, I was left a bit wanting. Mm. Um, And like you said, with the dialogue, I felt like the things they said on occasion were just a bit unbelievable or in some way or just like unnatural. Um, And, you know, they were saying things that not necessarily in an original way that felt very specific to the person who was saying them. Like, I feel like that's very important when you're writing dialogue is it has to feel true and original to the person who is speaking. Mm. Um, and, and so that was an aspect of it that kind of grated on me, but there was also like, I found the entire main cast of characters just so overridden with like tropes I I loved seeing a black female protagonist be the chosen one, you know, and have that chosen one dynamic like that. That didn't grate on me. But the aspect of it that was like the way that her imposter syndrome with it was written was like. Just felt very I wanted to see it reinvented or, um, you know, I just I feel like there's a way to do tropes and there's a way to do like genre cliches but in a way that you know they don't they don't grate on you because they're the author is adding some sort of special specificity to them that makes it feel important to the narrative or like you can gloss over them but um with this book I just found myself having a really hard time hard time doing that um I feel like at this point when it comes to like literature in general I feel like there's almost nothing that you can really do that's new though you can make something feel new you can make it feel like it's not trophy but like I feel like for me in this you know maybe it's me reading too deep into something but at the beginning when you meet I've been calling her Zelly is that right I I say Zelly right. too so when you meet our main character Zelly or one of but the main the main main character um uh, she's like you know she's earing to fight like she wants to be chosen to graduate from her fighting school or whatever she's doing and she's like choose me because I know I'm good and I know I can do it and then it feels like the rest of the journey when it's like she's been chosen and she can like she feels like she turns to oh no I can't do anything right too quickly like it feels like it could have been done more of a sort of like her being like but I know I'm right and like I know I can do this and I believe in the magic and my heritage and I mean I know that I can't really actually relate to that but so make but just from a writing standpoint purely not on anything else it's it could have been done in a way that makes you like she can have a like throughout the whole thing she did the I don't know the the thing that I guess makes is one of the reasons why some people think like Harry Potter and Frodo are a little bit whiny the whole like I can't do this at all even though you understand it you know what I mean but it's a big trope of the genre it's a big trope of the like I feel like a bigger a mixed a bigger mixture of those feelings would have been more interesting than just the general just I'm not good for this all the way through thing you know what I mean I don't know maybe that's me just picking at something that doesn't need to be but 
No, I think I think you're right. I think it lacked like depth and nuance in the exploration of those feelings. Um, and I also think it was with all of the different main casts, like a central conflict. It felt like it was told to us, and then it wasn't. It just didn't feel like she like hit the bottom of of that experience or I don't know like I think my the character I had the biggest issue with was Anon because there was so much potential there for like really a lot of depth and then like he was just doing 180 flips throughout the whole story that made no sense to me um because his like his commitment to his like his duty to his country and his commitment to like his duty to his father really like didn't make any sense to me because there was a lack of intimacy explored between in that relationship and in his backstory about like why why he was so attached to this thing and I just like and then like the insta love between him and Zelly right like it, it you can explain it away because he has that his ability means that he can like feel other people's emotions and he can see their and experience their trauma with them so like it makes sense that you can feel very close to someone a lot faster and understand their motivations and feel tenderness especially if they're attractive to you which you know before he sort of discovers his feelings for her he has that like you can tell he's attracted to her in a certain capacity and like you can also argue that they're like there's a sort of soulmate dynamic built uh, built there that like there's something magical yeah. about their attachment to each other I, um... so so I'm like I'm okay with that I like soulmate dynamics but I just I think two two things two things I want to pick up on that like one I disagree with and one I agree with. So like I disagree a little bit with like not that it's wrong, it's just different interpretations, but like I felt that Inan's confusion and commitment to his father and country was understandable because regardless of the closeness, he's been raised and manipulated to think a certain way. And just because his father has never actually been close to him, it's because he seeks that, like he's desperate for it and he's desperate for the approval because that's all he's ever wanted. And that's what he's been taught to want. Like he's been taught to seek that and that to be his everything. So I do, I understand that um, a lot more. And I also think that the 180s that both he and Zelly do at different points on the, on the subject of magic is obviously representative of the mixed feelings society can give like people of color with their heritage and and all the different ideas coming at them so I'm I can't yeah. speak to it like I I understand it from that purely I understand what she's trying to get across here level you know what I mean so um I didn't massive it was frustrating because it as a reader purely because it's like flipping constantly and it's like oh just you know be together and do the right thing but it's, it's the same thing you have with reading any book where that kind of thing happens but um I didn't necessarily have as much of an issue with that but I will say what genuinely did confuse me. So when they first met or like locked eyes as they were jumping over the 
gate I don't know whatever but like when when Anan and Zelly first saw each other and she describes mm. this like crack like this like like this like light or like feeling or something weird and that was never explained because if it's him if it's just her feeling the magic from him touching the scroll that happened before they were jumping so why is she feeling it now um and also like if it's like a soul connection weird thing, they never actually address it. Like she never actually explains why they had that, they shared that yep. feeling. So for me, I'm hoping it's entirely possible that, because I haven't read it yet, in the second book, maybe she does address that and talks about like a connection or like some old magic or something like that. I don't know. But in the first book, it's actually never touched upon. And if it is just her, supposed to be her feeling his magic come in, that should have happened the moment he and um, Amari, it should have happened the moment they collided because that's when he touched the scroll and then his magic should have started then, like everybody else's did. So it didn't make, the timing didn't make sense if it was just supposed to be her feeling him get his magic. Um, or at least how I'm remembering it. I don't have yeah. the book in front of me, so I could be wrong, but I remember being confused about what that was. Um, because her and Amari were both on the back of her lion air thing, which is another thing, by the way. I understand completely. And I, like, I understand completely why she's done what she's done with the animals, because she's trying to evoke that heritage and they're like exotic animals and all this. I get it. I get why she's kept them to give us these images. But there's a part of me that thinks it's really lazy how different she made them look and just called them lion air, hyena something. Like, you know what I mean? Like panther or like snow leopard air. Like it just feels like why is the air there? Like, I guess because they all have horns or something. But I don't, I didn't understand. It frustrated me a little bit because it felt a little bit too simple. But I also understood completely why she did it. So it was like a split thing. I felt similar. Um, I This is just more of a comment about the world building in general, because like, I think in terms of the um, religious atmosphere and the cultural overtones and the history that she depicted in this new world, I think she nailed mm. that. I think the world building in that sense was really, it had a lot of mystique to it. And it was very interesting, especially, especially the religion and like the s system of mm. magic and um, how it had this like um, connection to um, appearance. And like, there was this whole, you know, root of like colorism mm -hmm. that is sort of going through there. I didn't, I think the, I think the colonialist, aspect to the narrative is going to be probably explored in later books because it felt like it was there was a there was an there was a sort of sense of it but I don't I could I it was unclear but um I think I think those aspects of the narrative she really nailed but I almost I almost believe that the world doesn't necessarily work as an original high fantasy new place I, I think it almost would have worked better as like modern fantasy urban fantasy historical fantasy something like that where it's set in our world with different magical elements incorporated building on culture and environments that are already pre-existing because I agree like some of the naming and and environments and the just all of that felt very like she just took things from our world and she added a few syllables to make it to like say that it well it's different now mm. because it's like 
it's just like if you're going to make if you're going to have them be basically panthers with horns just call them panthers and don't give them horns like i just i don't understand or call them a different name the but necessity just, of that like, it doesn't feel yeah, yeah um apparently she drew inspiration from harry potter which makes sense um but i um in a way obviously the story isn't anything like it but i think some of the character interactions are a bit similar um and stuff but i am yeah i i'm trying so one of my issues i'm trying to get um a list of characters names up because i don't actually have the book on me so um i can't remember (laughs) what they're called but um i uh one of my i I agree with what you're saying because I did I I personally did really like the world building. I was kind of sucked into it and I think she described um the I think the description was very good like and I really liked the areas she was talking about um and it has a map and you know I love a map so I'm all good for that. Mm. Um but I I did really like the world she like the way that I mean I think points might have gotten a little bit repetitive and you're right she's tropey in some of the descriptors she uses but I really liked the way that where they lived, like um, the fishing village was descri- was described, and I could really picture it. Came and, to life. Um, and like when they were like climbing up to the temple, and uh, yeah, I think that she did the world building very well. Um, and I really do love the history. She's she's clearly built up like like you know the, all of the different gods and like the how the world was made and the different kinds of magic and um. I think that's really interesting and stuff. Um, one of my like issues. Okay, we'll get onto the meaty stuff. The romance. Now, I love me some romance. Atrocious. It, I don't. If I don't even know, <laughs> like Zelly and Anan is so frustrating I think because it happened so quickly but it wasn't addressed like I don't think I'd have an issue with how quick it was if there was the hot if they addressed maybe a soul tie or like something like that um and I do get what you're saying I do agree that you can understand how he got as close to her because he could feel all of her emotions and all of that stuff and he knows a lot about her just by like being around her and feeling her and seeing her memories but but she doesn't have that the same the other way. So it's like she's just seen this cute boy and she's like, yeah, right. And like, and I get it. He's he's supposed to be hot and interesting, fine, <laughs> whatever. But it's just, it, it doesn't feel, it felt too quick and weird. And like, and then the, just the fact that you have these two female characters who are your main characters and they fall in love with each other's brothers and it's like oh shut up it's like no that's not like and don't get me wrong i absolutely love um uh zane to zane zane and amari are you just saying zane zane I think it's sane. Yeah, sane. okay. Yeah. I really love him. He he's out of the, out of him and Anan I'd have him. But like <laughs> and I do like um like I like Amari and Zane's relationship more than I like Zelly and Anan's. I do like the slow build with like how they're sort of you know, and they're sweet and everything. But it's also just like let's pair the magic people with the magic people and the non-magic people with the non-magic people and then also but 
can I, I can't find his name anywhere. Um, but he's my favourite. So the bad guy. As in, he's not really a bad guy, but he's, you know what I mean? Like, this, is the, this is the guy that's from a different land and he's like, he leads all of the, all of the nomadi assassin Yes, yes! I love him. He reminded oh me of like a sort of mix of Kaz and um, Jesper. He was like a mixture of them because he was sort of like sexy and like in charge, like Kaz and has his little, but he's like funny, like Jesper is. And I, and I really liked him. The moment she bumped into him, I was like, this guy, drop in on, marry this one. I love this guy. He's so good. And when they're like, <laughs> right. And it, but that's the thing is because I'm a sucker for a bad boy in a novel. I can't, because, you know, he wants to kill all the people on the boat and she's like, no. And he's like, that's no fun. And it's like, morally, I disagree with you, dude. But oh, it's so hot when you say that. <laughs> like, it's, like I, I love him. <laughs> he's my favorite. Oh, yeah. Him, Zelly and. Oh, what it, it, it his name started with Khan? I it started with a K or Co- something. Cove, um, Cove, I, or C. I I'm don't trying know. to look for the ca- carry on. Oh, it got it had so much more flavor. Mm-hmm. The flavor was immaculate on him. <laughs> um, and it's because he had that whole like bad boy pirate dynamic. I don't think he's. I I can already say for sure that I don't think she's writing him as an endgame. No. I think she's writing him as a spicy distraction. I want a whole separate story non-shorts, just about him. Nonsense. Rowan. His name's Rowan. Or Ro... I don't know. There's an... There's an... There's an accent or an umlaut or whatever. Rowan. I think it's Rowan. Um, but <laughs> we love him. Oh, look, it says, a dashing foreigner. Rowan is primarily known for flirting and pickpocketing, which Zelly experiences firsthand at the camp. Despite this, he also has a good heart and is willing to take risks to help his friends. <laughs> I love him. Oh, look at, I don't know who wrote this, but I love it. We already love him. We already... Uh, honestly, uh, he's tropey, but see, that's tropey with some flavor. I mean, I don't hate tropes. <laughs> we, like, we love the I, trope. Like, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think what we need to say... Like, this was, in many respects, full of tropes, some annoying ones, and also just a lot of them, so it became a lot. But I, I do think it's important that we say we are fully susceptible and do love a lot of tropes too. And there's nothing wrong with loving tropes. Like they're tropes for a reason. And also you can't do anything completely new. So they're kind of unavoidable, especially within YA. Um, so it's not the, like we do love a lot of tropes. I just think that it's because there was a lot of, tro- <laughs> there's a lot of it in this. And so, especially when it comes down to like the writing Maybe like some of when you when you hear the same descriptors across several different YA novels by different authors, it becomes a little bit like really, you know what I mean? But like, but yeah, we love the bad boy trope. That's that's my fave for sure. Um, I also liked. I really i I did prefer Amari and Zane's um solely because Inan and Delhi just. For for sure, their relationship was rushed and clumsy, and like one minute they're like humping each other's leg, and then the next minute he's like betraying her entire like life's purpose. I just like duty I, before love. I, I can do I can do troubled romance. I can do troubled romance. I was anticipating it, but it was executed poorly, in my opinion, mm. <laughs> and. I don't even know how to explain it further than that. I just like I just had the vibe. It was just a vibe that it had. I was, I was just going to say, like, compare this to when Jude turns up 
at like when she's pretending to be her sister and right. she's like that's the whole like her and the king troubled relationship thing compare this to that because that was gold and that was like you know it, I mean there was a stupid kind of obvious reason why that was troubled because she was thick and didn't figure it out but like at the same time you're like see that that's sort of the troubled sort of I'm hoping maybe in the second one because they have established this romance however it was done hoping in the second one now that he's like his dad's dead right like so he's going to be king or whatever um and they because they're trying to get Amari into the throne aren't they so he's probably going to challenge that and be king in the opposition or something like that I don't know um but so I'm hoping that maybe there'll be like a moment like that because that's a meaty moment like when you infiltrate the kingdom and you used to be romantic but now you're an enemy sort of thing like I like I like that sort of thing and I hope it's done better but but in the first one it was very frustrating I will say one thing that I'm I saw it coming but I'm glad she executed it that way was um because it was immediately the rivalry that existed on I mean like that it was like Zane was like unbothered immediately protective of Amari so that was a little bit insta-lovey as Mm. well like I guess she's a pretty girl and like they're young and whatever lust but um but it was you know it was the, the the like insta rivalry between her and Zelly. I I like that it in, ended up in like a really nice lovely friendship and I'm glad that like especially that scene where like Zelly goes into her room after the mm-hmm. tr- like after the torture and she like braids her hair. Like that was a really beautiful moment and I I I will say the relationship at the end of the book is one of my favorite things. I just don't know if the ex- like the transition between the hate to the friendship was seamless uh it just felt a little bit it just feels like we're going from zero to 100 with a lot of these things I think that's my a reoccurring issue is like we don't get we don't get this like gradual Mm. complicated mix of emotions it's like um and so it's the relationships that felt like we hate each other. We love each other. We hate each other. We love each other. Um, we're vulnerable. We don't trust each other. Yeah. Like it, it felt like very like back and forth, but not in a way that made sense. It wasn't like it wasn't like their inner conflict. Did it make sense in the zero to one hundred in that aspect? Like I understood the complications of their like inner motivations. I think more than I did the way that they behaved yeah and and the way that that translated into into their i don't know the things they did throughout the plot i i guess the plot the plot plot. yeah i yeah i don't know i i yeah I, i liked i feel like it suffered a little bit from what a lot of fantasy suffers from which is you've built this world and there's so much information to get in there and there's a plot to be had that sometimes even though the characters can be likable and good and have relationships you enjoy and all of that stuff they do lack 
substance maybe or time put in because I do feel like I did like a lot of the relationships and how they interacted with each other and how it built but it didn't feel I mean it goes along with my dialogue issue I guess it didn't feel like they talked enough it didn't feel like they had enough moments it didn't feel like there was enough substantial time where they recognized each other during stuff happening for them to have gotten to the point they're at like it makes sense factually because they they put in just enough that it's like okay yeah cool we've got to this point but there wasn't enough meat to the to the relationship and how much they actually talked to each other and how that developed I guess um which I guess is like fine because she she did a lot of that through the action through like saving each other's lives and doing this and I guess that's fine too but it just felt like there needed to be more like juicy dialogue and hot, like emotional conversation maybe I don't know but yeah I um and you you know me like character characters and relationships are the most important thing mm-hmm. to me and you can throw a good plot out the window I could care less about plot it's all about that character development for me and I think that's why this book just felt so stale for me because I was I I I would get I would get a moment and I would feel like oh I'm almost there I'm almost involved in like emotionally attached to this story and then just like I it wouldn't ever I was like always hanging on the precipice mm. Will you will you like unless being made to which is separate for, like for if we did it for any but would you completely just leisurely read the sequel would you do that like would you want to i'm really not motivated to at this point see right okay i needed um, to know the answer to that question if somebody told me to um like that she the second book improved a lot on the on the first book and that um and that it was a lot better than the first book. And like, oh, you got to read the series now. Like, I was a little disappointed by the first book, but the second book really comes through. Then I would read it for sure. Um, but right now, I'm like... Well, I'll let you know when I finish mm. it. <laughs> I needed to know, I guess, the answer to that question to say what I was next going to say because I didn't want to say anything that wasn't true. But like, I think the fact that you feel that way and the fact that I've already gone out and bought the second book and I have it is kind of representative of what, like, in a sense, what we care about when it comes to books. We're agreeing a lot on all of the same stuff. And I care a lot about character and stuff too. But I think that we've had these conversations before. I think I've always, I guess, it's either not as important because I think it's very important to me, but it's like the almost the only thing that's like important to you when it comes to these things in a sense obviously you care about all the other stuff but like it's the main thing and for me like it's super important but I'm I'm we've always had that whenever we're watching something or like you know we're, I'm I just naturally put a lot of that aside without thinking about it like I'm able to like okay so if this other thing's good I'll just latch onto that and that will be why I l- look at this because I want the character relationship and the dialogue especially like a dialogue dialogue's a big thing for me and I want that um more than anything but if I don't get that and the plot is still really good or the world building is still really cool 
I'm able to latch onto that instead, if you know what I mean, which I don't think, like, well, you just said, it's, it's not something that, like, works for you, which is unfortunate, like, it sucks, but, like, I'm just... I think that's one of the reasons like because I agree with everything that you've said about like the character stuff and then but for me it's like oh the world is so interesting though and the magic is so interesting and I want to know what happens to the world next like I want to know what the next step is and how it ends so I've already like gone out and got it because it's like I need well I would like to know what how this goes um so it's just really interesting like the different way that people the different things people get from the same book and the different way they read them it's interesting yeah for sure that like different readers have different priorities and that is going to have a huge impact on your reading experience I think um I think and like it's also going to have an impact on the different things like you can be critical about certain aspects of a story but if you have different if you're critical of a thing that's not a priority in in the text for you then it's not it's not going to really hold you back from still your like enjoyment of the book. And I think there were asked, there were moments in the, in the book that I really enjoyed. And, and I want to compliment her on like the ambiance of, of certain scenes, like, especially when, even though I didn't love the execution of their relationship, like when Zelly is in Anand's like dreamscape, the like ambiance of those scenes and the ambiance in the temple and through the like rituals and the use of like ancient language is also awesome. And, um, and also her, her back, her familial backstory is, I wish, I almost wish like it's, it was definitely a part of the novel and her, her trauma was a part of the novel, but, um, I almost feel like it could have been she she could have dug her heels in more with it like um because I think I think mm. it's so it's such a her her connection with her mother and her loss of her mother and her like her dedication to her family is so is one of the most like I I wasn't absolutely fond of her as a character all the time but that was the most endearing part of her character to me for sure um so mm. I think like I I really liked the the character sense of like co- dedication to their communities like that's something that I don't feel a lot of the time although okay I'm gonna go off on another tangent here anyway I yes those are things I I, I love I liked and I wanted <laughs> to comment on but I don't know if I've just been reading a lot of like stuff that is not as straight lately and this is why it graded on me so much but when you were talking about like um here's here's two girls and oh they're dating each other's brothers and um and like the reiteration of like (laughs) and it's straight and it's straight and it's straight and everybody's straight and everybody's straight all the time and we're all straight we're not gonna mention anything other than straight Mm. (laughs) like it just it I don't know it really (laughs) it was getting on my last nerve yeah fair enough like I guess I don't I don't, I don't think about it because I'm I'm straight <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, which is another thing in this book that I'm not n- not like qualified to talk about in a sense <laughs> so yeah but um no yeah I see I definitely I definitely noticed um that 
but well yeah and it, not everybody <laughs> yeah not everybody um, not every book can address every single diversity issue uh it just would have been nice to have some inclusivity in terms of that um just like a throw in a supporting character yeah. throw in you know the cultural feeling about that f- f- throw in like the the feelings about gender throughout the novel oh my god speaking of gender um there were just some casual instances of like somewhat just like sexism a little bit from some ma- male characters that just like felt really un un um explored and also what was the word i i used in my notes it was like um and they weren't like there was aspects of the novel especially with zane and zeli and his feelings about her and anon and her sexuality that like really didn't hit right (laughs) uh in terms of like i guess he was just commenting on her naivety but it felt a little bit mm, you know what do you mean what when he said that Inan's only trying to get into her pants, like that thing. Yeah, or... when and his like there was he was weirdly like he had that like protective older brother thing happening, but I don't know. Yeah. It just felt like there was but a gender also, thing there I that guess... wasn't b- being questioned. I don't know if I specifically felt it. Like I feel it on the level that when a bloke is saying stuff like that to a girl like it's annoying you know what I mean in general but I also I didn't feel it as strongly as maybe you felt it like from this but because it was within the context it was like a a guy who was there in his eyes their enemy who we witnessed trying to kill his sister and like suddenly she likes him and she's younger than him and he's the protective big brother we're supposed to know more and all of that stuff he's still a git but whatever and then like and up until that point there's that whole storyline isn't there like that whole a big part of the plot is that the people around her perceive her as constantly messing up and making the wrong decisions because she doesn't think so like you know when she when she talks back to the guards which you completely understand but it puts everybody else in danger and like when she helps amari which is great but like and it's still the right thing to do technically and it ended up being important for the whole story um but in from his perspective it was you were just supposed to sell a fish get us money so we could pay our taxes and come home but you've brought this on our heads you know what i mean like our entire village burned down because of this decision that you made so up until that point there was there is his opinion of her because that's why he leaves isn't it like one of the things he says to amari is she keeps screwing up and she'll never stop so his unfair but understandable as well because of his perception of her up until that point like her, his his perception of her was that she is really naive and she keeps making decisions that put the people she loves in danger and he thinks she's selfish so an impulsive uh, there's a part yeah. of me that's like i understand what you're saying but it also it, it made sense within the context of him being like you're making another mistake that's putting everybody in danger um and like obviously i don't know yeah it, it's it's a diff- it's a difficult one because obviously it's not okay but it's also like an angry moment of being like you know why are you trusting him why are you making another big mistake that's going to put us in danger and he's just going to hurt you and i can't 
keep doing it. Like, and he has a right, in a sense, to mistrust Inan. I mean, he ends up being a git anyway, but he has a right to mistrust Inan in that moment because it's like, we don't know this dude, and the last time I saw him, he was trying to kill you, and now you're kissing him. Like, what's happening? Um, so yeah. it's, it is understandable, I think, within the context, but I do see what you're saying. Well, and I think I, I got some a little bit of it in the beginning, too, with, like, him sort of prioritizing the thing that he goes out and does and can't stay home with Baba for over, like, her training. Um, yes. Yeah, that is definitely a thing, but I do think it's also still different because I think the point in that is more that because he doesn't, have the magic because she's the one with the white hair and he's not he's not got that he's not treated differently because of that you know what I mean um it's still like a class thing and a colorism issue because he's darker skinned but she's the one who is like has the slurs and she's like you know what they call a maggot and everything and so he doesn't fully grasp her world experience um even though they're siblings and should be on the same level but he doesn't grasp that um and so his perspective is just yeah you go to a fighting school and you're learning to fight and that's great whatever but you graduating that which brings us no money and is not a job and all of that stuff is not as important as me qualifying to play these games which could earn me a lot of money to bring home to the family Mm. like because they talk don't they about him like networking and people knowing who he is and him potentially becoming famous within those games that he's doing if he does well so I think I don't necessarily think it's like purely based it's probably it's not even because he's got he's got um women on his team so it's not even based on a gender thing it's just he's interested in that game and it could bring him money if he's good at it so he needs to go out and do it and they also switch off like he does one week with baba and then she does one week with baba so he's like this is your week to stay home and you didn't do it um like you could have graduated or done your big fight next week like why have you done this sort of thing so i guess it's I see. Yeah, I do. I do feel what you're saying, but I didn't. I didn't read it that way. He's like, it's definitely frustrating because obviously you're from her perspective, so you're seeing how important everything is to her. So you do feel for her. So it is frustrating, but you also like. I anyway understood when he was frustrated, even if I didn't completely agree with it, because it was. And she tries to explain. She tries to say how important it is and how he doesn't understand, but, but it is also, like. I, I guess understandable when she's supposed to have stayed home and their father nearly drowns because of it and like um it, because she, because he's unwell <laughs> and and it's something that like he had to come away from something that could eventually put them in a better life situation whereas she did something understandably in isolation but like for her own like self-worth and pride I guess but yeah it's yeah, it, I um, I, I will say something that I think, and I think this is because it's um, it's a black author writing, and so she gets the overtones, and she does obviously, you know, there's something special about representation that comes from somebody having internal knowledge of an experience, but also like researched knowledge of an experience um and a culture um and mm-hmm. i think sh- the there's overtones with zelly's relationship with her hair and the colorism and um and the way that she writes this sort of experience mm-hmm. of um of that weird line between when you know 
when you have loved ones that can't completely understand your experience because they're not oppressed in certain ways um, because of yeah. what so so many factors. Um, I did, um, and it really made sense, especially the whole, like, the way that, you know, she was Orishan and, you know, she had the the white hair and she was a Magi. No, they're all Orishan. What am I saying? She's a Magi. And so, um, you know, she is yeah. further oppressed than him. And, and the, the stuff that happens with the guards and the, like, the, the like, um, sexual violence, um, that was present, I think was very realistic mm. and it was handled pretty well. Um, all things considered. Um, so yeah. I think, I think my, the issue with my takes on, on this is I can't, I think I can't be as neutral because like I said, like she didn't, I had, I have priorities when I, when I come into a book, unfortunately. And if those aren't met, then I start to get hypercritical of all the different things and it hit those hit different than, than sort of the way they would if, you know, I had one primary thing that I was driving my involvement in the story. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if I read book two, you read book two and tell me if I should. (laughs) I'll let you know if you should. Yeah. I am. Yeah, I did. I did like uh, one thing that I wanted to mention, because you were saying earlier about the ambiance and like, dreamscape and everything i really liked the imagery used to describe the magic in general but specifically anan's magic like i really liked the like the different clouds he was seeing like the different colors and the smells that like but the full sensory experience of his specific power which is like the spiritual and stuff and the mind and dreams and that like the fact that you know that her her spirit smell of sea soul and I, on that so like I re- I really so yeah I really liked that imagery in general and I thought it was really pretty like a really cool image to have mm. for the magic for sure on that though the pacing or timing or whatever of the torture at the end where maggot is carved into her back which by the way it's just that's a bit of a trope in itself isn't it with the whole mud blood and Hermione's arm and you know just it just always it's always a thing and they just they carve the thing and I mean it's effective it's horrible it never stops being upsetting but it's like that's a thing I knew was happening as soon as she was in that room and then also um but like the timing was really weird like she wasn't she's supposed to be this character that has such a strong spirit like so she's so present and like powerful and like that's why it's supposed to be heartbreaking when it's her spirit is sort of broken and the sea salt smell like her her spirit doesn't smell like sea salt anymore or whatever um and but it happens too quickly in a sense like he gets shoved out the room and he can feel but she stops smelling like like her spirit her soul or what essence or whatever changes whilst like like um, almost immediately and it just like there's nothing wrong with that happening in general with the, like it's a good trope it's a good you know when you're dealing with this kind of magic and you can feel when somebody's broken because they've been through something awful and what she does go through is awful so it's like it does make sense that that would happen but it happens almost too quickly like the the whole timing of that entire sequence where she's supposed to be being 
like because like his dad was in the room while it was happening but then like literally a second after he's experienced that finishing like his dad's back in his office and it's like how where, where was he and what time has passed and I don't understand like that was a weird sequence for me where I wasn't fully aware of how long everything took yeah so I agree with the pacing of that I also think the pacing inevitably because of the pacing and the weirdness and the fact that we're not we're we're not with her we're with Anon throughout that whole experience and then we're with her to experience like to for her to describe the trauma and like for us to see how it manifests in her it like I think she was trying to toe the line of like displaying trauma without being gratuitous and like not making the reader experience something so awful with the character that's experiencing it and I I respect that but I I think it also takes away from like our emotional Mm -hmm. connection with that change in her because we don't understand it's just we're with her when she's one way and then all of a sudden she's a different way um and so I think the impact of it is bleached a little bit I guess so I I don't have like personally I don't really have a problem with the fact that we weren't with her in that moment because I think that can be done quite powerfully and correct me if I'm wrong because it's been a while since I read it but you know like in um in like the Hunger Games and stuff and we don't ever we, we're not with Peter when he's, like, tortured. Um, and we we only hear bits of what they did to him. I don't think we get, like, a full... We, we don't think we ever get a full story of what happened to Peter when they caught him. Um, and, like, obviously, that's another YA thing that's not, it's not the best book in the world. But, like, the point is that I remember... And I was a lot younger, so this could be rubbish. But, like, I remember that feeling more powerful because we didn't know and he was so broken it was like oh my gosh what did they do to you you know what I mean and in this case it was like it felt like maybe we needed to pick one like maybe Mm. either we were in the room and knew what was happening or Inan got shoved out before the torture began so we didn't find out until afterwards like that she'd been carved or that like what had happened because then it would be like like but trying to do the whole I am telling you exactly what she's going through, but through Inan's secondhand feeling of it was a bit confusing, I guess, to read. I feel like it would have been maybe if it like because because when he was like feeling it and he could feel the letters forming, maybe if he could only feel the anguish and it was he didn't know what was happening, maybe that would have been more powerful until we saw afterwards or something. I don't know, but it like it felt like we need, if you were going to tell us exactly what was happening, you could have just done it in the room but I feel like this could have been more powerful even if you decided we just didn't know at all like so I don't like if there was some way maybe when it was happening that she was able to shut Inan out and we couldn't feel any of it or I don't know it doesn't really it doesn't massively matter but it just felt like it it wasn't how I I mean it's unpleasant anyway because it's trauma and it's it's torture and it's horrible but like if you're gonna it just felt like that not the best way you can do that kind of scene or sequence or whatever, if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah, I'm with you there. I don't know. We're at an hour, so I suppose we should sum, sum things up. We should close the episode. I don't... A lot of words. I don't... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so um, thank you for listening. Um, sorry that we were so weird. <laughs> I don't know. Were we weird? Were we normal? I was great. Of course you were. 
Oh, thank you, babe. <laughs> but ne- yeah, so next month, um, the iconic and much-awaited release of Midnight Sun is <laughs> dun, dun, finally, dun. Yeah. finally happening. And um, we wouldn't be former yeah. Twilight stands if we didn't read and review it. Um, we- so... I'm so we looking had to. forward to some more Edward. <laughs> of course. Uh, a blast to the past. Um, and of course, you'll you'll finally get to hear our hot takes on, on Twilight. Um, and I'm sure we'll ream into it the way everybody else does, but in an affectionate way. <laughs> um, yeah, because we love it. In, in a nostalgic sort of, it's not that great, but we love it way. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, that'll be, that'll be August, August book. And, um, that episode will be coming out hopefully on time this, <laughs> this round, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, at yeah. the end of uh, last Friday of last Friday of August, um, which so, is the 28th. Um, right. Um, so, so please tune in for, for that if you are so inclined and, um, Yep. And Grace will take you through our social media. Yeah, we're on Tumblr where we try and post as regularly as possible and we also answer any like asks sent and we're happy to have chats and if you disagreed or agreed with anything we said, we'd love to know and we'd love to know what you think and whether you like the book and stuff. Um, so that is uh, com, and then um, our Twitter has been changed to... Um, at galleyproof pod so it's no longer at galleyproof underscore it's galleyproof pod um and the instagram has been changed to that too so um uh that's how you can find us on those and then we're on youtube as well um if you know i mean some people might know that because this will be on it (laughs) but but we're also on youtube if that's easier for anyone to listen to um it's just galleyproof so we're there yeah and um other than that we're you know most places you can listen to podcasts so um and if there's any sort of platform Mm -hmm. that we we aren't on yet um that you know we somehow have missed um please do let us know and um yeah uh that's everything right that's all we that's that's all the stuff we say outros are hard man okay (laughs) um but yeah thank you for listening and hopefully we'll you'll tune back in next month the the struggle okay bye (laughs) bye